Well, a special good morning, and it's a, it is a joy to be with you. Last time I actually preached on a Sunday, we were in this little tiny room across the parking lot, and I wondered how a couple of you guys kept from bumping your head on the ceiling. I always wondered that when I came, and what a beautiful, beautiful place. I know you've been here for a number of years and so forth. All right, turn to Psalm 119, please. Turn your Bible to Psalm 119. I love to do word studies. And we're going to actually do a word study on every word in Psalm 119. (laughs) We could be here a while. Verse 9 is, as already been read, how can a young man keep his way pure? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Now, you have to understand that probably 85 to 90% of my preaching is the teens, okay? Actually, I get a little bit nervous when I get in front of all you old people, okay? I just remind myself that adults are nothing more than teenagers with wrinkles and that I'm okay. Our lives, we see our young people, and what a joy to watch these guys sing. And How do you stay pure in an incredibly impure world? How do you stay clean when we're constantly being bombarded with wickedness? It's a tough world for these kids to grow up in. It really, really is. How do you do this? Look what our text says. By guarding it according to your word, with my whole heart have I sought you or do I seek you? Well, let me not wander from your commandments. I had the privilege in a way of being raised by my grandparents. I come from a very difficult home. And uh, my grandfather, he was uh, alcoholic. He loved me. He really, really did. And we spent an awful lot of time together. Uh, but it was difficult. My grandma, she was precious. She was about 4'11", both ways. And she just was a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful lady, okay? So I would, uh, they live way out in rural northeastern Pennsylvania. And I remember one day saying, Grandpa, I think I need to go explore the woods. He said, no way, you'll get lost. I said, not me. I personally taught Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett everything they know. I can do this. And somehow I talked him into it. So I went down. Obviously, I knew I'd get hungry. So I made a spear to take out a deer or whatever while I'm hiking through the woods. And I made my spear. And then I'm starting to hike through. And all of a sudden, I saw the deer. I threw my spear at him. It didn't quite kill him. Okay, didn't even hit him, obviously. And so then I started tracking this deer. And one hour turned into another hour turned into another hour and all of a sudden I looked around I was totally lost in the woods I was only nine years of age it started to get dark I'd been in the woods now four or five hours I'm really scared I have no idea what's out there there could have been lions and tigers and bears yeah it is dangerous for a kid to be lost in the woods at age of nine but there's something guys a lot more dangerous And that's when you wander away from God. So I have a question for all of us. Have you ever been closer to God than you are right now? Have you ever been closer to your Lord than you are right now? Do you remember when you first got saved? And when you would go to pray and you would, you know what you would do? You would like talk to God. It wasn't repetitive. It wasn't robotic. It wasn't memorized. It wasn't certain phrases. You cried out to God. Do you remember your devotional life when you just got saved? You could not wait to open up this precious book and find something new. 
You, you would forego entertainment and other things just so you could spend time with your wonderful, wonderful Lord. Remember your thought life. You used to think a lot about God. And the pressures of life and the worries of life and finances and difficulties and busyness. Oh, yeah, yeah, God. Oh, yeah, I probably should pray today. Have you ever been closer to God than you are right now? How many of you have kids or grandkids? Let me see your hands. Okay, real high. All right. Don't you want your kids, your grandkids to stay close to God? Don't you? You pray that way? How about our own hearts? You, you, you look down the road and you say, I, I don't want to get out of college and get in my 30s and walk away from God. And we don't run from God. We slowly, slowly wander. We have wandering thoughts and sometimes wandering tongues. So how do we deal with this? How do you stay close to God? Well, I want you to understand that in this passage, he tells us exactly what to do. How can a young man keep his way pure? Or withal shall a young man cleanse his way by guarding it or taking heed according to your word? Now, that phrase, take heed or guard, it literally means to encircle about. It means to guard by setting almost, I can say it in many different ways. You put a hedge about, build a fence around. For some of you young guys, build a force field out there, okay? Do everything you can to just kind of like entirely encircle and wrap yourself up with the very words of God. I've had the privilege, as Pastor said, to be at the Wilds in New England for 15 years. But I had the privilege to be where your, I think some of your church members are coming back from North Carolina right now. I was there for 30 years. So this is my 40th year with the Wilds, okay? And in North Carolina, we had a big program staff. There'd be eight or nine guys. And they would come in right after college and work probably until, I don't know, maybe they're 25, 26. And many, many of them are in the pastors today. We had one guy, I don't want to say his name, okay? But he was kind of like Richie Rich, and he had an attitude, and so we picked on him all the time. He was with me five years, and he was going to move on. So we took him out to eat, real, real fancy restaurant. I mean, he'd given us five years, you know. So we went in and had a wonderful, wonderful meal. And then as we were leaving the Pizza Hut and, and standing out there in the parking lot, there was about eight of us, and we surrounded Dan. I wasn't going to say his name, but I did. All right, so we surrounded him, and all of a sudden, he looked, he goes, guys, well, we tackled him. I just happened to have the duct tape, and I duct taped his ankles together and his wrists together. Well, the other guys brought that saran wrap, I think you call it, and we wrapped him all up. And then we, did, we went to the grocery store, and we put him in a cart and put a sign on, we'll work for food, and pushed him in and left him there to check out counters. We did. So we're sitting in the van looking in the window laughing at him. And finally, I said, guys, this is not very fun. Hey, let's go bowling. We'll put Dan down next to us. If he flops around and gets out, he can bowl with us. So we went in, got him, threw him in the back of the van, and pulled into the bowling alley. That's when the trouble began as the police surrounded us. And um, we got out of the car, and I said, I'm sorry. We explained what was going on. Poor Dan. I mean, he was so wrapped up in that stuff. He couldn't think. He couldn't talk. He couldn't do anything. Wouldn't it be so amazing if we were so wrapped up with the very words of God? That we couldn't think, we couldn't speak. We couldn't do anything aside from his word. It totally guarded us. How do you do this? 
Well, the whole passage here opens that up. How do you take heed? How do you guard? How do you protect yourself with this force field of God's word? How do you build a fort out of Bible truth? How do you literally, literally wrap yourself tightly with the word of God? Look at verse 11. I have stored up or treasured or hid your word in my heart that I might not, what? Sin. That I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. Just in those two, two verses, your, you, you, your. To wrap yourself up with the very words of God. Number one, realize who said it. Say it with me. Realize who said it. Who spoke this into existence? God. These are the very words of God, okay? All scriptures given by what? It is God breathed. God spoke it. And sometimes if you sit down with your pastor and he gives you some wisdom, you say, thank you, thank you. Well, imagine just the ability to sit down with his written word and say, Lord, thank you, thank you for the wisdom that you give me. Just realize who said it. Look at verse 13. With my lips, I declare all the rules or the judgments of your mouth. Number two, repeat it. Say it with me. Repeat it. Repeat it. Repeat it. I told you I'd preach to teens, okay? What do you talk about? Seriously, what do you talk about? I got the teen thing down. You know the number one thing most teenage girls talk about? Teenage boys. You know the number one thing most teenage boys talk about? Food, sports, trucks, and finally teenage girls, okay? You talk about what you think about. And you think about what you really, really love. So what do you talk about? Do you talk about your Lord with each other? Men, have you ever even grabbed your phone after an early morning in the Word of God and just text your wife on your way to work, honey, ah, just let me tell you what I learned today from God's Word. Do you ever share your devotions with each other? Do you talk about the Word of God? Do you teach it? Do your kids' parents, grandparents, do you find a class here at the church to help out or maybe even start a Bible study somewhere where maybe they need a church you say, Rand, I don't know how to be a church plant. Just go find a coffee shop on a Tuesday night and start a Bible study. And if they start coming and all of a sudden you have two or three hundred, start a church, okay? Do you, do you talk about God in the presence of your unbelieving friends? I got a buddy who lives down the road. He's 85. He's, he's my dear, dear friend. And needs the Lord, he does. And I'll go down there a couple times in the summer, and they're kind. They always offer me a beer, and I always say, no, thank you. And how things at camp? Oh, it's great. Boy named Mike just trusted Christ as his Savior when he heard the word of God preached and realized that he was a sinner in need of a Savior because all of a sudden he comes short of the glory of God. And then when he realized, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting. I do. This is the way I talk right in front of my unsaved friends. Why not? Why are we so scared? I was preaching in Maine, and I was shocked because I assumed it was way out in the country and pastor said, we don't have a big church, and about five people showed up, and then 10 more, and 15 more, and 20 more. Next thing you know, we had like 80 people. 
And so after the service, uh, we were eating with the pastor and his wife, and I said, can I ask, where do these people come from? I love the way the pastor answered me. He answered me by asking his wife the question. He said, honey, was, was it the girl at the bank or the dental hygienist that got saved first? She said, neither. It was at the post office, remember? He trusted Christ and brought his family. Then it was the bank and then the dental hygienist. And even while I was there, there was a little girl who brought her whole family that lives next door to this pastor. And the pastor never was the one to invite them. His little eight-year-old daughter invited them and they brought him. Now I'm your friend. Okay? But when was the last time you talked about your wonderful Lord? You just invited him to come to church. Invite him to a Bible study in your home, okay? Repeat it. With my lips, I declare. If we realize the word of God is God's word, and then we talk about it, look what's next in verse 14. In the way of your testimonies, I delight and rejoice as much as in all riches. Rejoice in the word of God. How do you rejoice in the word of God? He tells us as much as of all riches. You know what it's like when you get like a brand new car? or brand new outfit, or new house, or new Chia Pet, or whatever it is that you're excited about getting okay. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, it smells good and looks good. And even this church, we walk in, it's like it was built yesterday, okay? It's like brand new. Okay, Dad, when was the last time that you were spending time with God, and, and you were either reminded of a wonderful principle, or you learned something new about God that you never thought about before? You got all excited and you couldn't wait to tell somebody. Do you rejoice in the word of God? Mom, some of you are pretty good at worrying, aren't you? You ever rejoice when you're reading through Philippians and it says, be anxious or careful for nothing? Whoa. But be thankful instead? We can rejoice in that. Rejoice in it. Look at verse 15a. Right at the beginning, I will meditate in thy precepts. Meditate, reflect on the word of God. Learn to dig in, to concentrate, to ponder, to consider, to mull over. The whole concept of meditation is an agricultural term. How many of you live on a farm? Can I see your hands, please? Okay. How many have ever been on a farm? Let me see. How many ever sang old MacDonald had a farm? Okay. <laughs> I grew up working on a farm. We get up early in the morning and get the cattle out and get, get ready to feed them and and, and this, again, is it comes from rumination, what a cow is. We would say choose or cut. So the, the, cow, the, the way God made them, they get up early in the morning. If they eat at 6 o'clock, they don't need to go out and eat again at 10 o'clock. They get hungry. They just take the food they eat at 6 o'clock, and they burp it back up in their mouth and chew it up again and swallow it. About 12, 12.30, 1 o'clock, they get a little hungry again. They just puke it back up in their mouth, chew it up again, swallow it again. Ladies, aren't you glad that God made cows like cows and not men like cows? We could be sitting here right now thinking, I wonder how long Rand's going to go, honey nut Cheerios. Yeah, no, 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 no. But a reason a cow chews her cut is she chews it over and over and over to get every single nutrient out of it, every bit out of it. We do that with the word of God. Kind of like the verse, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or committed on him. Thou, it's talking about God. So you help me out. Raise your hand and give me one character, character trait or characteristic of God that really, really means a lot to you. Okay, got to do it quick so we don't take a lot of time. Help me out. Raise your hand. 
a character trait or a characteristic of God that means a lot to you? Who'll be first? Yes. He's passionate. He loves compassionate. Yes. Oh. His love, he keeps loving us even when we're unloving to him. His compassion fails not. Ever, ever. You can't out sin, out doubt his compassion. He's a compassionate God. Somebody else, another one. Yes, sir. He know, yeah, he know his omniscience. Okay, he knows when that word cancer is going to come into our homes, yeah? He knows when we have a financial struggle. He knows and has probably permitted it so there comes into our life something that would even encourage us to pray more because you should never, ever look down to that which causes you to pray more. He is a compassionate, all-knowing God. A couple more, a couple more. Yes. He's unchangeable. The fancy word is immutable. We change our minds like 37 times, you ladies, about what you're going to wear in the morning, okay? But God never changes. I can trust a God like that. I mean, I look up at the stars and think, are they, they're like in the same place like when Abraham saw them. He is unchanging, all-knowing, compassionate God. Yes, somebody else. Oh, aren't you glad that he's a forgiving God? I am. Don't raise your hand, but how many guys have like gone back to God like over and over and over and over with the same sin? And he is faithful. He is fair or just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. He is forgiving, all-knowing, unchanging, compassionate God. Two more. Two more. Characteristics. Yes. I'm glad he's patient, aren't you? Actually, in the Old Testament, the word for patience is long-suffering. And you know, it actually means to be of long breath or to be of long nose, literally. In fact, I want you to do this with me. Everybody, take in a breath. Take it in. Hold it. Now let it out. Now look at me. That's all the time it takes to respond in a godly way rather than react in an ungodly way. Man, your wife says something that's irritating. Watch me. Okay, honey, we need to talk about that. Your kids do something to drive you literally insane, Mom. No, no. <laughs> long-suffering. Take a breath. And I have to wonder sometimes, how many times has my long-suffering God said, Rand, man, he is a long-suffering, compassionate, unchanging, forgiving, all-knowing God. One more. One more. One more characteristic. Yes. Always there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He promised that. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He is an ever-present, all-knowing, compassionate, forgiving, patient, long-suffering, unchanging God. Thou will, there's a promise, keep what? Him, me, in what? Perfect peace, knowing everything is right with God and others whose mind is committed, stayed on him. Okay, look at me. You know what we just did for five minutes? We meditated. It's almost like I, I stopped preaching for five minutes so we could think, concentrate, mull over, chew over, 
And you can take a passage of scripture and go with some of your friends and, and you can go to a coffee shop and read it and think and then start sharing with each other how wonderful your God is. I will meditate in thy precepts. Reflect on the word of God. Look at the end of the verse. And respect or fix my eyes on your ways. Respect the word of God. Set it before your eyes. Don't let it, don't let it just kind of glance, but learn to gaze. Fix your attention and realize this is the precious, wonderful word of God that I'm going to focus on and keep my focus on and give high respect to God's word. Respect the word of God. How do you respect the word of God? Respect is living with the words, yes, sir, on the tip of your tongue. God says, man, I want you to be holy. You say, yes, sir. Ladies, I want you to be loving and patient. Yes, sir. I want you to dig into this book so you can learn to love me more. Yes, sir. I want you to love your neighbor and even the people that irritate you. Yes, sir. I want you to get along with your brothers and sisters, not fight and argue with them. Yes, sir. Respect the word of God. Let your focus be so on it that nothing can deter you. Look at verse 16. I would delight myself in thy statutes. Delight? Can, can I beg you to learn to enjoy this precious book? Learn to enjoy. Acquire, acquire a taste that results in a constant hunger. Can I say that again? Acquire a taste that results in a constant hunger. When we were just beginning praying about starting a camp in the wilds of New England, my wife and I and my son and his wife, we just came up and took about two or three months and traveled all through New England just to preach. Did family conferences and weekends, whatever. We were up in Maine, and I, I remember the church, we were having a meeting that week, and the people we were staying with, she came to us and she said, have you ever had Maine lobster? I said, I, I, I don't think so, maybe in a salad or something. She said, we're going to have it this week. So that Thursday night after church, I still remember, we're all there and gathering around the kitchen. Now, okay, I had never even been close to a lobster because, again, I was raised in Pennsylvania. We dear me, okay, up here you eat lobster. But anyway, so we're there looking at these guys, and they're kind of moving around. I did. I took a pen. I was messing around with one of them. And, and I asked the lady, how do you cook a lobster? I had no idea. Absolutely no idea. She said, well, this big pot of water boiling, and then we just put it into boiling water. I said, like, you boil them to death? Now, my wife, if you know Amber, she loves animals, and that's all it took for her, okay? And so she started, she walked out of the kitchen, and she said, I'm not watching this. And when she was walking out, I asked another stupid question. I said, well, do they make noises when they die? <laughs> and the lady just rolled her eyes at me. So Amber's in the living room, and I'm in the doorway, as a good husband would be, and I'm helping my wife know exactly what's going on. I said, okay, hon, here we go. She's picking it up. She took the lid off of the boiling water. She's putting it in the water. <laughs> they, gave it, they gave us these little tiny forks, and we dipped it in that white meat and dipped it in that low-sodium, low-cholesterol, low-fat butter, you know. And oh, the minute you take a bite of that, you cannot wait to get another bite. It is that good. Do you know what my Bible says? Oh, taste 
and see that the Lord is good. And when you learn to dedicate your schedule to God and you get up early in the morning before you have to rush off to work and you're in the word of God and you're digging, you're reading, and the Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing else I need. I don't want anything else. Look what all he does for me. And you look at the clock, you think, stink, I got to go work in 15 minutes. So the next morning you set your alarm 15 minutes earlier. Mm -hmm. You go. When you learn to taste and see that the Lord is good. End of verse 16. I will not forget thy word. Right in the middle of a temptation. I will not forget thy word. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Be anxious, worrisome for nothing. Turn away wrath. Be slow to speak, slow to wrath. Lord, help me. I will not forget your word right in the middle of temptation. I will not forget your word right in the middle of the worst trial you thought you would ever face in life. God, I can't do this. You're going to have to help me because I'm going to respond wrong. I need your grace. I can't do this without you today, Lord. This trial is too hard. I will not forget I promise you, if you learn to hide God's word in your heart and be consumed with who wrote it, God, when you've already learned to rejoice in it and to think about it and respect it, you won't forget his word. You won't. How can a young man stay pure? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart I have sought you and seek you. Lord, I'm asking you, help me not to wander from your commandments. I was only nine. I was really scared. I remember coming to the edge of a field and there was a farmer leaning against his farm truck looking my way, almost like he was expecting me. You know why? He was. My granddad knew the woods a lot better than I did. And he knew where I was lost. I'd probably come out somewhere around there, two or three miles from home. And the farmer told me how to get home, and I walked home late that night. If you're wandering away from God, he knows exactly where you are. He does. And he wants you to come home. Have you ever been closer to God than you are right now? Let's bow our heads in prayer, please. I'm going to ask the piano to quietly play. And just to give you time to think, I am going to give an invitation. I want the invitation to last at least six months. I really do. I'm not even kidding. How do you take a message like this? How do you keep from wandering from God? If you could answer that question, have you ever been closer to God than you are right now? I'd say, yes. Yes, because my Bible readings become very didactic and it's just like plastic and my prayer life is, oh, not too good. I'm so consumed with my life here on earth, I almost forget that I'm supposed to be preparing for heaven. So talk to God. You, we're already reminded that he's a forgiving God and a compassionate God and all-knowing God. He knows what we go through. 
He's a patient God. We already know these things. So what do you do? You say, Lord, I've wandered a little bit away from you. I have. I know that. I've wandered in my prayer life, my devotional life, and every one of us is probably a little bit different, okay? I only think of you and pray to you when I have to. And I don't want to do that. I want to talk to you because I want to. And I long to. I do want to kind of regain that, that appetite. I need to taste and see that you're good again. Talk to God. If you've wondered in your heart, would you come home? Come back to him.